We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the pack a day podcast wherever you may be and however you may be listening thank you so much for making us part of your day my name is nick schmitz and i will be your host on this Last Sunday before the start of the new league year, yes, we are three days, depending on when you're listening, we're about three days away from the start of the new league year, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday, March 16th, tomorrow, Monday, March 14th, starts the legal tampering period for free agency, which, you know, who really knows what that all means and entails and why they actually have it if you know, whatever that all entails. But uh, the new league year is upon us. The Packers still over the cap, and so expect to see a lot of moves made by the Packers within the next, you know, 24, 48, 72 hours to get under that number. We're going to be talking about some of those things here. Um, but new league year right around the corner, football news-wise, uh, there's going to be plenty of it coming up here for the Packers and the rest of the league. And as we all know right now, Aaron Rodgers is back. He's on a new contract, but he's not because he doesn't really tell us anything on Twitter. So there's all that to keep track of as well. Devontae Adams being back on the tag right now. Uh, they've got quite a while here to get a deal done with him and extended. But the uh, the big thing to keep an eye on is if they do not get him extended before the start of the new league year, they have to find a way to make that tag number fit into their cap before uh, 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So lots going on for the Packers right now. And uh, today with me, Mike and Gage once again. Um, and let's start with some cap casualties that we are kind of – uh, some are we're expecting, others are potential up in the air. Um, and let's start with the most obvious one, but also probably the most peculiar one, given everything that we know, which is Zadarius Smith. Everybody, you know, right now, Mike, expects Zadarius Smith to not be on the team next year. Um, I know we talked that he saves somewhere in the range of $15 million against the cap if he is not gone. Um, and he is the most peculiar one because everybody seems to think it's a foregone conclusion 
And yet here we are at the time of recording on Saturday, March 12th, he's still on the roster. And I mean, as far as we know, there's no benefit for Green Bay really to hold on to him, whether they cut him today or, you know, cut him, you know, 3 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. Uh, there's not a whole lot of difference. The only big difference being is that they could potentially find a trade partner, which would, you know, then limit where he could potentially end up going as a free agent. But um, do you find it odd, Mike, that Zadarius Smith is still, as of right now, a, a Green Bay Packer? I did until the Amari Cooper trade happened, because there's talks about that Dallas is going to cut Amari Cooper. And of course, on Saturday, the news came out, he was sent to Cleveland as they try and redo the Odell Beckham situation for a second time. And we'll see how that goes. So maybe they're going to try and find a partner for Z, a late round pick, a uh, a conditional pick, whatever. But it, it seemed inevitable. He even thought he was not going to be returning with you look at his social media stuff and then clearing everything out. I'm surprised that it hasn't happened yet, but it, you got to think it's only a matter of time before the the wire comes across that he has been uh, re- terminated of his contract. Yeah, and Gage, do you think that this is mostly just Green Bay trying to find a trade partner? Um, I know, I don't know how much there is to read into it, but the Packers' uh, former linebacker coach going to Minnesota now, and there's kind of some rumors that if he was cut, he might go to Minnesota. Do you think this is maybe Green Bay trying to get some compensation and maybe limit where he goes? So I kind of thought about that, but... As I was listening to you and Mike kind of intro the topic here, I thought more and more about it. And I think the only thing that makes logical sense as to why they hadn't cut him yet is if they're trying to finagle a way to give him some extension with like more money in incentive, like a lot of money in incentives of like playing bonuses versus like just flat pay. Because everybody in the league knows Green Bay's got to get under the cap. They know that Zadarius is a very big candidate to do that. They've seen him clear all of his social media of the Packers. He's made no mention of Green Bay. He's made it more or less clear that he thinks he's gone. Brian Gutekind said, "Eh, if he wants to be here, he can say more or less saying like, look, if he wants to take a huge pay cut, we'll have him back. But otherwise we're not. And I mean, Green Bay's had guys go to Chicago before go to like they had basically everybody go to Detroit last year. There's also they've had guys go to Minnesota before. I don't think it has anything to do with wanting to get anything in return for him because they know that no one's going to no one has to give him anything because they know the Green Bay's probably going to cut him in the next 48 hours unless they can work out an extension with him. So I think if anything. It's they're trying to convince Z to stay, but they're trying to convince him to take a huge pay cut to do it. And obviously, he's not going to want to do that. So, I, if anything, that's what I think it's more than just them trying to get return for him because they've cut plenty of guys in the past that they could have trade. They could have tried to trade something or tried to trade them to get something for him, and they didn't. So, if anything, I think it's more that they're trying to extend him than anything else. And that would make sense, too, especially if you're trying to do that, you know, why not go right down to the wire to try to make that work? Because I think everybody's on the same page with Darius Smith. If Green Bay can find a way to bring him back next year, nobody's going to say no to that. There, the, the reason why we're talking about him being a potential cap casualty is just because of how much it costs. It's not that people think that, you know, that he can't play anymore as long as he remains healthy. I mean, we saw, you know, the, the kind of impact he made in the playoff game after missing how many weeks and, 
you know, and that was, you know, not having a whole lot of, you know, game time under his belt for an entire season. So, um, yeah, that one would seem to make sense, but it'll definitely be the one that everybody will be keeping a close eye on. Um, <clears throat> another one in here, um, Billy Turner. Um, Mike, I mean, when we talk about Billy Turner, he's he's been a great player. He was part of that Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, and Adrian Amos uh, signing uh, free agency that nobody really saw coming a few years ago. Um, he's played well, but I mean, where does he fit in with this offensive line group right now with, you know, some of the younger players and given his, you know, contract and, you know, how much they can save by, you know, potentially moving on from him. Is he, he doesn't, <clears throat> and I hate to say this because it sounds negative, but he doesn't, he doesn't feel like a necessity when it comes to the offensive line. He, he feels like a good player to have, but if you were going to move on from somebody, he might be a good candidate. Is that fair to say about Billy Turner? I think he's the most vulnerable of a lot of these guys outside of Zadarius. It's not that he, I mean, you can, you can never have enough linemen. As said, Tom said, God only made so many talented big guys. And with, with Turner, he's been a good player his entire time in green Bay. He's been solid. Uh, he had a, he was really good last year until he got hurt in that bears game. And that looked really bad. I was worried he was gone. I was at that game. But if they want to bring back Dennis Kelly, who would be cheaper than what Turner's making right now, if they believe Yash Nyman can swing over to the right side, if they think Royce Newman can maybe slide out play right side, so that way when Elton Jenkins comes back, running can play right guard. There's a lot of options they have on the line if they want to tinker with it. And if if they do extend Zedarius for a lower cap hit, they still got to find money to move out somewhere then. And I think Turner is probably would be the most likely and in and just from a financial standpoint, I just I know Gage probably has a number in front of him on what the number would be. But it seems like if they're if they are really thinking about extending Z, Turner's probably the most likely one going. Uh, Turner, just for quick reference, if they cut him before June 1st, it is a three point three five nine million in savings. So not doing a ton there to help you. He is uh, just. And like he'd have a 5.8 dead cap, 3.3 in savings. So it's not not like we're getting a ton of uh, ton of stuff done if you're if that's the cut you make. Well, and then Gage, what about Dean Lowry? I mean, he's been somebody that you know, defensive side of the ball. I know he's he seems to make plays, but he doesn't necessarily always seem to be a fan favorite. Um, if Green Bay were to move on from Dean Lowry, you know. What, what would be the reasoning? I mean, is it mostly cap with him? Is it is it better for cheaper? I mean, what would we be looking at with Dean Lowry here if he's not back? Well, I got to say that I am the worst person that you could ask about this because I I don't I've never been a Dean Lowry guy. I I don't I, I don't like him in terms of the play that he brings. I've never been a fan of him. Uh, I think that he is a average at best player that has a couple flashy moments here and there but for the most part doesn't really bring much to the table and i think that he often gets overrated by the occasional flashy plays or flashy games where he'll have like three sacks and everyone's like oh my god look how good dean lowry is and it's like yeah but look what he did every other game guys like he had his best year absolute best year last year and it's still in my opinion he was average at best for the majority of the time. So I'm not a huge fan of Dean Lowry. Cutting Dean Lowry saves you about $4 million. 
I think if you're cutting him, you are cutting him because you can get the same level of production for for a cheaper out of a cheaper player. I think that, and especially in this draft class, this draft class doesn't have the supreme top end talent at a lot of spots, but one spot that it is really deep is actually at offensive tackle and at and on the defensive line, which that doesn't happen super often. You sit here and you look at the defensive line. Georgia sent all sorts of guys that are supposed to be like first round picks. They have Jordan Davis, who it's impossible. He's not going to fall to 27. He's not going to fall to Green Bay. It'd be great if he did, but he's not going to. They have, I think, three different guys who are all expected to be drafted in the first two rounds that were off their defensive line. And their best defensive lineman from last year isn't even in the draft because he was too young. That's just how good that Georgia defense was. So there's a lot of talented guys, and that's just at Georgia. There's Alabama defensive linemen. There's defensive linemen from all over the place. There's a lot of good tackles in this class. Maybe not like the Supreme class that we had two years ago with Werfs, uh, Werfs, Thomas. Um, who are the other two? Werfs, Thomas, Wills, and Becton. We don't have – it's not that class, but there's some talented tackles here. So there is some talented big guys. And like Mike said, they don't make a ton of talented big guys, but – there are some in this draft. And so if you're cutting Lowry, it's it's like a little bit of money savings, but it's also just you can get what he brings without spending eight, having an $8 million cap hit. Fair enough. Well, and I mean, I feel like, you know, it's interesting. I feel like most people feel that way about Dean Lowry, that he has his moments, but, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like he brings as much as you would like. But um, the last one here for cap casualties is probably the most – one of the more interesting ones in Mason Crosby, because um, his cap number for the year is almost $5 million, which, you know, for a kicker, you know, it kickers are a weird position right now because there's a lot of teams out there that would love to have a good kicker. Uh, Mason Crosby was up and down this past year, but a lot of, well, you have to wonder how much of that was actually him and how much it was it the rest of the special teams unit just not being great, which is something we've all, you know, new special teams coordinator for what the third straight year, I think it is. Um, if they cut him before that June 1st deadline, they're going to save about two and a half million dollars in cap space. And so, I mean, you know, Mike, when we're looking at Mason Crosby, you know, that's a high cap number of almost five million for a kicker. Um, but I mean, where are we at with Mason Cross? Because some of it to me seems to be that it's not as much about the cap number savings. Um, but you know, one of the things that I noticed at least, um, as the season went on is as, as solid as he's been in being reliable and accurate for the most part, when kicks aren't getting blocked, um, he doesn't seem to have the same type of leg that he used to have. Getting the ball to the end zone seems to be an issue on kickoffs, um, especially as it gets colder. So, I mean, I feel like Mason Crosby is somebody that age is also a factor in their decision. But, I mean, when we're looking at Mason Crosby, are, are we looking at him as a cap casualty for money savings, or are they just maybe looking to get younger at the position as great as Mason Crosby's been and as loved as he is, you know, is there something of uh, it's time to move on and try to get younger at the position? 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, with Crosby, he's been around for a long time. He's been a legend for the Packers. He's arguably the best kicker they've ever had. It's one of those ones where I, I, I can see them cutting him and then bringing him back for like a league minimum deal. So you save that money, but with nothing guaranteed afterwards so that he'll have, he has competition. This could be the first year since I think 2012 where they'll give him competition in camp. They seem to like Molson because 5 million. It's, it's, it's just too much for a kicker. I mean, we, and, and, Father time waits for nobody. We saw that with especially kickers. We saw that with Vinatieri. His game dropped off a cliff his last year in Indy. He was terrible, and he admitted it. And so I think as kickers get older, you take that chance. You keep him around one year too long. That costs you points. That costs you games. Uh, we saw that it wasn't all his fault for the Kansas City game. They gave up a ton of points in the kicking game and, and punting game. Crosby is a key part of that. And while some of it was on bad snaps, bad holds, bad blocking, sometimes he just missed a couple. And you're right, his leg strength isn't what it was. It's not what it was even two years ago. So there's that's an option. I think I feel like he's a guy, a prime candidate, where you let him go. And then once the new league year starts, maybe you bring him back for a league minimum, not guaranteed deal, because he's still getting the money from this contract anyway. The money's already going to him. And then he has to earn his spot or he looks maybe looks at retiring and become becoming like a quality control guy with with uh, with Spurlock now on the special teams. All right, well, let's uh, let's move over to the other side here with some of these extensions. I'm going to give you guys um, four four names here and let's maybe start with the most likely. Why don't you give me who you think is most likely to get an extension um, so we got Jair Alexander, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, and Aaron Jones as potential candidates for extensions. Um, Jair is probably top of the list because Green Bay wants to keep him under contract. They want to get him a new contract. Um, there's Preston Smith, who you know you would like to keep around as a decent pass rusher opposite Rashawn Gary, especially if Darius doesn't come back. I know Adrian Amos has been a huge fan favorite. Um, but Gage, when you're looking at these four names here, I mean, obviously, obviously Jair is the, you know, top candidate to, to keep under contract. But, um, when you're looking at those four names, who do you expect Green Bay to for sure get an extension for, to maybe help with some cap relief? Jair, that's number one. I, if nothing else. Jair is the number one player that I expect him to get a contract extension done with. He is the youngest of the group. He is your star corner. You saw how big of a difference 
his how big of a difference it was when he was and wasn't on the field last year. We saw in the playoff game that it would have been great to have him out there, but he wasn't quite at full strength, and he just the team was not the same without him playing at his top level. That's the guy that you get an extension done with. And if you don't get an extension done with him, then we have a bigger problem because now it's why are you messing around? This is there are certain positions where you don't mess around with and you don't mess around with the guys that you got out there. If you're going to lose Rasul Douglas, which is very possible, you can't lose Jair Alexander because you're also probably Kevin King's probably gone. So you need Jair and Eric Stokes. That's your corner duo. And then you need to fill in whoever that third spot is going to be. So Jair Alexander is the one that I'm like, this is the guy that this is you're getting an extension done with. Like Preston, great. And everybody else, great. But Jair's number one. He needs to be prior. He needs to be priority one. And I think he needs to be priority one over Aaron Rodgers. Honestly, I think that the Rodgers stuff will work itself out. I don't know how, but I think that'll work itself out. The Jair stuff, I you have to work that out because otherwise you have a in you get a guy that's in his prime at one of the game's most important positions. Don't mess around with it. And uh, if I'm reading this right, Gage here, if they get him an extension, it's going to save him about ten million dollars on the cap for 2022. Is that correct? It would, yeah. I mean, obviously, like it depends on the like the certain like the certain way that it like that they get it done, the amount of money it is, or whatever. But that is that would be the expectation. That's if like they give them the max extension and save them and get the max amount of savings. Nine point eight would be what it is. So, yes, if they extend him and get the max amount out of it, that's about what it would be. Uh, which that's obviously huge, and then locking him up for the next several years would be great because then you, that means you don't have to mess with it, and it also means that you can mess with his money more in the future in terms of moving around bonuses and stuff whenever you have to do cap management. Sure. And, uh, Mike, between uh, Preston Smith and Adrian Amos, I mean, does Green Bay, between the two of them, do they have, um, in your opinion, you know, is one of those more important than the other to potentially get done if the other one would potentially have to be a cap casualty? I think either of them is going to be a cap casualty. Uh, I think I think Preston needs to get extended in mortgage because the cap hit's going to be bigger. I don't see any way Amos goes anywhere. He's too valuable as, as a leader on the defense. He, he's way too important to to let go. I think I think and his extension can probably wait a little bit. But Preston, I think you need to get going on, especially if Zadarius is gone, because and like there's only so many big guys. There's only so many good pass rushers. And they are a very valuable commodity. And Smith and Gary did a really good duo last year. I thought they played really well together. After that, it was a pretty big drop-off until Whitney Merciless came along. But I think I think if you have those guys as your starters going forward and you bring back a Merciless, maybe you draft one in the first round, you're in a very good spot. So I think Preston's got to get done. I think you because I don't think you cut everyone from that that first free agent class. But I think I think you keep Preston, you keep Amos. And I think those two guys are the most important ones. And then Aaron Jones is kind of a luxury. Just if they need the space, they can do it. But because I think he is a pretty valuable player as well. But I think Preston is vital that that one's got to get done. All right. Well, that, those guys will be interesting to keep an eye on. Obviously, depending on how they do those extensions, if they do any of them, um, they can, you know, I, I, Preston's was, I think, about eight and a half um, from what I saw if they, you know, move that money the proper way. And then I think Adrian Amos, they could save about five million, um, depending, again, on how they would structure that extension. So um, well, let's talk about two players here, guys, that everybody is 
very eager to hear about. Um, they were two players not on the roster in what, 2020, they came along in 2021, and they both were big impact players, and that's uh, Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. And I think if you asked most people uh, if you could only keep one of them, I know for me personally, if you said, Nick, you can only keep one of these guys, who are you keeping? I'm going to keep Devondre Campbell for two reasons. One, because as good as Rasul Douglas was, if you extend Jair, keep him around, and if Eric Stokes turns out to be anything you know, near what he was last year, he's going to be a stud as well. You'll have two really good corners, and whereas Devondre Campbell plays a position that Green Bay hasn't had correct since arguably Nick Barnett and doesn't seem to be a position that I don't know if they don't value it or if they just don't evaluate, evaluate it well enough to get good play out of it. But Devondre Campbell has been just a complete difference maker. But um, Mike, when looking at these two guys, I mean, first of all, the, the first question is, is there, do you see an avenue in which both of them are back in Green Bay next year? And if so, great. And if not, then which one do you think Green Bay is probably targeting more so to bring back? Well, really, the first question, it's all up to Douglas's agent because he said he wouldn't want that big of a raise if he wanted to come back. But I'm sure his agent gave a call saying, what are you doing? You get this contract and be quiet. So, if, I mean, if if that stays true, then maybe it's very slight. But most likely, they can only keep one. And, and and I know how valuable corners are. And Douglas was great. But, yeah, if you bring back Shannon Sullivan for cheaper, you can even bring back Kevin King for cheaper. I know that's going to be controversial. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened because you actually probably would save money keeping him than with the void your stuff that with his how his contract was structured last year and he can be a valuable fourth or fifth corner he can play that dime linebacker spot like he did a little bit in the playoff game devondre campbell reshaped joe barry's defense when he comes in he campbell comes in with him barry's a linebacker coach by nature campbell becomes a first team all pro he's the main communicator he was worth his weight in gold last year and what probably his last maybe his last year of contract and you're right, they haven't really had this kind of linebacker since Nick Barnett. And I think Campbell, I think he should be your priority over Douglas, Not, but both are both would be deserving whatever contract they get. But I think after you saw how good a linebacker can be in space like Campbell was, and as a, a communicator, as a guy who came in late in, late in the process and didn't miss a beat, I think he is absolutely vital. I think So I think if you can bring him back, you absolutely do it. And I think he is one of the big priorities. All right. Engage for you. I mean, when you're looking at these two guys, um, who, who would you rather bring back if you could only bring back one of them? And I mean, is there a potential where green Bay gets them both back? Uh, you know, as a just never ending optimist. Yeah, there is it. There is a world where you can get both back. It's a world where both of them take a deal that's well below their market value. That's, I mean, and that's just how it goes every year. You see teams that pull this off, like Tampa Bay last year. The way, reason they were able to run it back is guys took deals below market. Mike Evans took a took an extension or took a restructure where he lost, where he took less money. You had Chris Godwin took less money. You just guys take less money, and when they're willing to do that, you're going to get you're you'll be able to afford more guys. Obviously, I'm not expecting that to happen in this situation. And if there's one guy I can bring back, it's I'm going to disagree with both of you. It's not Devondre Campbell. It's not to say that 
what you guys said wasn't right. Everything you guys said was accurate. He was an all pro last year. He was, he had the linebacker position running the best that it did run since Nick Barnett was there since the prime days of Nick Barnett and AJ Hawk, not the end AJ Hawk years, but the prime ones. Campbell completely transformed how this defense operated. But I also am looking at this from a standpoint of, so for those that don't know, I covered the Denver nuggets and Austin Rivers came to the Nuggets late last season when Denver was dealing with all sorts of guard injuries. They lost basically every rotation guard that they had for the entire year just due to injuries that all came within a month span of each other. Austin Rivers showed up, and obviously this is a guy he's played with the Clippers. He's played with New Orleans. He's played in big cities. He's played in small cities. He's played all over the place. And he came to Denver, which is not a big market. It doesn't get a lot of TV coverage, considering a lot of people in Denver can't even watch the Nuggets because altitude and all sorts of other things. Altitude is the TV network, by the way. And Austin Rivers had never said a bad thing about Denver, always had good things to say. He came to this small market and he loved it. Nothing against Devondre Campbell. I'm not saying he ever said bad things about Green Bay, but Rasul Douglas loved being here. And he told all of us about it. He told every chance he got, he talked about how much he loved being here. Every time that he's on social media, he talked, like Mike said, he said he's willing to take a below market deal. And while his agent may have said, hey, don't do that. He was willing to take that discounted deal. And I think that he is still willing to accept less money than he's going to. And I also think the corner is more valuable. I would rather have, because I think Jair's extension gets done. And I think you bring back Rasul. You have three starting corners. And in the modern NFL, against most teams, that's the amount you need. Most teams aren't trotting out two wide receivers anymore as the starting lineup. Most of them are trotting out three. And I would rather have too many good corners over having not enough good corners. And especially in, again, like, especially if you have like a linebacker, it's like, great, that's awesome. You have a linebacker, but that linebacker is a, is a, a hindrance against teams that have an, a good slot wide receiver, like a Debo Samuel, nothing against Devondre Campbell. Debo Samuel is a better player in that matchup. And he's going to win that matchup more often than not. And right now you have to factor in, you got to win your conference. You got to beat the teams in your conference. The way you do that is by planning to beat them. And I think that Rasul Douglas gives you a better chance of beating teams than Devondre Campbell does. Well, you know, I think it's one of those things with these two guys that the only way the Packer fans are really disappointed is if for some reason neither of them are back with the Packers next year. Um, I'm sure that Packer Nation out there is split on the two of them. And uh, I will agree with you, Gage, in the sense that if it's Douglas and not Campbell, you know, it's not what I would have picked, but I will I will be happy nonetheless. I think Packer fans just as a general whole want to see at least one of these guys back. It'd be great if we can have them both back, but I think uh, we can we can we're all on the same page that we will take at least one of them. So um, well, lastly, real quick, before we wrap up, we got one more quick position group to look at, um, which is probably just the most interesting given the depth at it, which is the wide receiver group. Um, because right now we've got obviously Devontae Adams back, uh, whether that's on an extension or whether that's just on the uh, franchise tag for this next season. Um, and then there's Amari Cooper or not, sorry, Amari Rogers, not Amari Cooper, Amari Rogers, who is on his rookie contract. Um, and that's pretty much it for right now. Obviously um, we know that Randall Cobb is under contract technically, but he is not going to be back with the number that his contract is worth uh, for this year. So Mike, when we look at the wide receiver room, there's a lot, you know, there's, there, there seems to be Devonte Adams, 
because uh, we know he's back with the tag, and then we know Amari Rodgers is there just because he's under his rookie contract. And then, you know, again, Randall Cobb we know is there, but we don't expect him to be playing for the number that he's going to be playing at. So it seems like you know that you've got these three – well, you've got two guys for sure, and then there's seems to be a lot of question marks. So what do we expect to see from this Green Bay receiver room, especially given now that there's a lot of signs pointing to the fact that MVS more than likely will not be back with the Packers next year? Yeah, that's the big thing. It seems as everything is looking right now with some of the money that's being projected, MVS is pricing his way out of Green Bay, and good for him. I'm glad. He deserves it. He's, he's a good player. He's a good guy. And I'm, wherever he goes, as long as it's not Chicago or Minnesota, best of luck to him. Uh, Lazard's probably going to get the second-round tender as a restricted free agent. That won't cost a ton, and you can manipulate that pretty well. I, I, wouldn't be, I would not be surprised to see Equinemia St. Brown back, because he's not going to really cost anything. And he's, he's still kind of a lottery ticket. He's still pretty young. And then do we see uh, a, a young kicker? Too? Do we see like a Jamal Agnew type? Like there's a lot of like those bottom depth tier guys who can be valuable. There's talk about Jakeem Grant might be available. We saw what he did for the Bears, and if that can shore up a, an extra speed element because they need to get faster on the perimeter at receiver. Like that's for sure. Like Devontae's great. He's smooth. He does everything right. He's the best receiver in football. Lazard is a big physical target. He's not known for speed. They need to get fast. They need to get those kind of wheels. And a guy like Grant could help. And it probably won't cost very much. So it's going to be bargain hunting, bargain shopping. But there, there's definitely some options there. And there's also a pretty good wide receiver draft class, if I remember, if I'm looking to my research correctly. But I've also been wrong many times before. All right. Well, Gage, what do you what do you make of this wide receiver room? I mean, obviously, do we expect Randall Cobb to be either cut and re-signed or restructured? What are we thinking that's going to happen with him there? And then what about the rest of the wide receiver room? I mean, they're going to obviously probably have to add a few players uh, to that room. But is that going to be through bargain hunting um, in free agency? Is it going to be through the draft? Like, where do you see this wide receiver room next year? Uh, in regards to Cobb, there, whether it's a cut and re-sign to save money or a restructure or an extension with void years, whatever it ends up being, that's that's he's not going anywhere. Rogers back, Cobb's back. I don't know what the money's going to be. It could just be a vet minimum deal like we talked about before the pod started or what. But he's not going anywhere. That's So we can just move on from that one. Uh, in terms of after that, though, it's a lot of question marks. Devontae's coming back. I don't know what how much he's going to be paid, but he, he'll be back. The best wide receiver in football is not going anywhere. Amari Rodgers, I think, will get more run next year. I think Alan Lazard will be back because I think Alan Lazard wants to be back. And I think that he also won't cost a lot of money to do it because he does. he's not the big, flashy player. He doesn't have great speed. I think he's kind of like Heinz Ward or like the modern version of Heinz Ward. Like Ward was a little smaller, obviously, but you have a guy that is willing to block. He That's a job he likes to do. He likes being in the city of Green Bay, and I think he wants to be here. So, therefore, I think that he will be back in some fashion. But as Mike pointed out, this is a deeper draft class. There is a lot of wide receiver talent in this class. Like I said, it's not the Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb year, but there is some talented players in this class that Green Bay will be able to get either at the end of the first round or cheaper later in the draft. And you go into free agency. And I, we talked about this on last week's podcast. There are a lot of open, there's a lot of wide receivers that are free agents right now. And 
while there are some top elite or like some some highlight names in this class, there is also a lot of guys that are just going to come cheap to teams. There's Jameson Crowder is a free agent. Uh, Keelan Cole, free agent. Sammy Watkins, Albert Wilson, uh, Rashard Higgins, Zay Jones. There's a lot of like there's a lot of guys that just play very specific roles. Uh, Cam Sims is a name that uh, I like what he has brought to Washington and Washington's probably going to let him walk because they are bad at doing business. So I think that there's a lot of free agents, free agent wide receivers that Green Bay can target between there. They can also look at in the draft that I think there's guys available for them that they will be able to address their wide receiver room. And they'll so they'll be able to find a replacement for MBS, who's likely gone. They'll be able to refine a, find a replacement for anybody else that they are going to lose from this room. Unfortunately, it won't be Jake Kumaro, who did re-sign with the Bills. So the, you, just made, you just made all of Packers Nation cry right now. Yeah, well, it, I, there's nothing I can do, okay? Somebody, they sign him back. I, I said last week, you know, maybe he comes back. There's nothing I can do though. He got like he got re-signed there, so it's it's over well, and done with. But yeah, well, I mean maybe Green Bay makes a trade, you know, like they did for Randall Cobb this past year. So I mean it's not out of the question yet, Packer fans. Jake Kumaro could still be in green and gold this year. Uh, if you if you only hold out hope, maybe that'll be uh, something that happens with the wide receiver room. So um, real quickly before we totally wrap up. Um, one last player we kind of wanted to lump in as in, into this group here, Robert Tanyan. Um, Reports coming out today that uh, he is expected to be ready to go by the start of next season, which is good for whatever team that he is going to be on. And the question, Mike, is um, is, he, is it going to be Green Bay for him or is he going to be somewhere else next year? It all depends on him, honestly. It's if, if it's a one-year really cheap prove-it deal, I can see him back. If it's anything that he wants, any guaranteed money, I don't. I don't expect him back. I think they really like Deguara. We all know the the man crush that Coach Lafleur has on Josiah Deguara. Uh, I was impressed with Tyler Davis. They'll probably bring back Mercedes Lewis back on a cheap deal or restructure him. Daphne will be around. There's maybe some fullbacks looking around in free agency. A guy like Alec Ingold come back into the Green Bay area. Like there, there's that kind of stuff. So unless Tunyon takes a pretty much non guaranteed deal that is going to be very incentive laden and very much a prove it one year contract. I, as much as I like big Bob, I don't see it happening. I think some other team might give him a chance to, to get some guaranteed money. All right. Engage. I mean, Robert Tanyan, we holding out hope for him or not really at this point. Um, not really, but back to like what I had said earlier about Campbell and Douglas, if he wants to come back and he's willing to take a super discounted deal to do it, Sure. I mean, if I was him, I would probably take a super cheap deal. What, like, what, if Green Bay is willing to offer you a super cheap deal to come back and, like, for one year, give yourself a one-year prove-a deal. Your age twenty-eight season, you'll be twenty-nine next year. You get one more chance at a decent contract. Now, if somebody in, in free agency is willing to offer him a big deal, then he should take it. But if you, if no one's going to offer that, I would take a cheap deal to come back to Green Bay, where you know Rogers is going to give you the ball. And you can get a chance to get back out on the market one more time next year and maybe really cash in. Because is there really any situation that he's going to go to that's going to be better than Green Bay? Like, are what other teams have a need at tight end He that he's experienced in the system? The quarterback, he has, he has confidence in him and thrown the ball. So that's that's the only reason I think that if I was him, I would come back. But I'm also, I guess I'm biased and I could be operating with that bias. 
Now, is it fair to say that if he does come back, I mean, provided that he's healthy, he's he's the he's tight end number one, right? If he comes back, yeah, provided no he's healthy, hundred percent, absolutely. So that's something else to consider being tight end number one with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Uh, pre- pretty hard deal to beat, uh, but uh, we'll we'll see. It'll all unfold here in the next, uh, you know. 72 hours-ish. Again, the new league year starting 4 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, March 16th. So this coming week, um, there's going to be plenty going on leading up to that time frame. And then uh, just one thing, and I think we all know this at this point, but um, I saw Andy Herman tweet about this, uh, about the, the best, something to this effect, about the best part about the Packers being way over the salary cap is that we don't have to see all these people complaining that Green Bay didn't make every deal for every player that's out there. So um, we all kind of have this. This Really quick, that's still going to happen. Well, maybe. There's people that are probably mad Green Bay didn't send a trade for Amari Cooper yesterday. So. Well, but those are, but like, but see, like at this point though, isn't that just kind of like the tinfoil hat? Like if you're one of those people saying that we just know that you've got like the tinfoil hat on your head and we can just know to ignore you. Cause I mean, at this point, I mean, anybody really thinking that the green Bay is going to make any splashy moves in free agency. I mean, hell the, the, the splashiest moves they can make would be to, you know, sign some of their current players that you I know. didn't say that there was those people were logical. I just said that there's still people that are going to complain because people just like to complain. That's all I was getting at. OK, well, that's fair enough. Um, well, but anyway, so we know, though, that Green Bay probably not going to be super active with other free agents in the market. Green Bay's primary focus right now is getting as many of these players back as they can, because, I mean, even when we talked about, you know, I mean, Darius Smith, Billy Turner, those are guys that if you can keep, you know, you're, you know, and you get the right deal, you're going to want to do that. Uh, Campbell and Douglas, you know, those are players that you'd rather keep than, you know, go out and sign somebody from another team. Um, so lots of things in-house that if they get done in-house is probably better than bringing in somebody from the outside. So um, with that, uh, we'll wrap up here real quick. Mike, if people want to follow your work, get in touch with you, how can they do that? Oh, and I think I lost Mike's audio. Um, well, hopefully we can get that figured out real quick. I'll bring Gage in here. Gage, if you want if people want to follow your work, get in touch with you, how can they do that? As always, you can find me on Twitter at GBridgeford NFL, all one word. Uh, most of my content right now is just Denver Nuggets stuff over at denverstips.com. Still possibly looking to do some draft stuff, but most of it will just be probably just end up on my Twitter. I don't know if I'm necessarily writing anything. I am thinking about doing some baseball coverage, though. Obviously, baseball is back, which is great. So, uh, but as I always say, everything's just always on my Twitter, and it's much easier to tell you to go there than to try and find everywhere else. As I said last week, uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at producer Nick LB. But uh, as I said last week, uh, during Lent, I am uh, doing less Twitter, a lot less Twitter. And so, if you're somebody that does the the Lenten practice, you understand. If not, it just means I, I won't be on there till I don't know about mid-April. So. Um, But with that being said, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you again, Mike and Gage, for letting me be a part of the show. Uh, Very much appreciated. We'll be back here again next week uh, talking about, you know, hopefully some some good Packers news uh, with the cap and and some some of these guys sticking around. And obviously, keep it tuned right here to the Pack-A-Day podcast every day this week and every day 
all the time uh, as we'll keep you up to date, but especially this week with the new league year starting this week, we'll be keeping you up to date on everything going on with the Packers, whether it's cap casualties or whether it's players that they've extended, uh, brought back on deals, whatever it might be, you will hear about it from us right here on Pack-A-Day Podcast. So with that being said, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And as always, Go Pack Go! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.